Welcome to the Nicole One Show. I am your host, Cricket. Today we have a guest, Pastor Gloy Kurd. Welcome, Pastor Gloy. God bless you, Asel. Love you. It's an honor for having me. Thank you so much. Amen. You are the pastor of Kingdom Grace Apostolic Anointing Ministries. Tell us a little bit behind the name of the ministry. Amen. Well, when we established Kingdom Grace, um, there was some reluctancy um, with me and um, because the launch was so deep and it was so big. And, you know, when God launches you, a lot of times when you don't see all the resources and sources needed for your own comfort, you begin to ask God questions. Okay, God, show me. You know, I had a Gideon moment. If this you, reveal this to me, show this to me. So what I asked him was, I said, God, if this is you, give me the name of this ministry. Because I knew this ministry was specifically strategic for the Gentiles because I have a heart for this world. Sometimes we lose our zest for, for winning souls. And it's say a week, that's something that the church really has to get back focused on. And that's soul winning. Amen. So I said, God, if this is you, what's my name? He said, Kingdom Grace. And then he said, Apostolic Anointed Ministries International. So I called one of my sisters in the ministry. And um, her name was Kathy Patterson. I was telling her about, you know, I'm, I'm about to launch. I don't know how this thing is uh, going to play out. But the name that he gave me was Kingdom Grace Apostolic Anointed Ministries International. And she started shouting. And she said, I knew Kingdom biblically announces supernatural. Amen. When you talk about kingdom, that is the supernatural manifestation of the sons of God in the earth. So she said the apost- she said the kingdom, is, the, the grace is going to draw them to the kingdom. The apostolic, because we know the apostolic means the confirmation of signs and wonders. So the grace is going to draw the heart of the Gentile. But the apostolic, the supernatural is going to confirm his love through miracles, through signs and wonders. And I was blown away by this revelation and being the pastor of Kingdom Grace for six years, six and a half years, we saw miracles. Um, We saw his grace manifest through revelation of his revealed word. And we've done so much that we know that we only could have accomplished by the sufficiency of grace. So that's our title. Amen. A lot said. You have a uh, a project that you're implementing, Beacon Community Hope Center. Tell us about the different phases of that project. Well, Beacon Hope Community Center. When I turned the corner, when we launched into our building, there was a sign that said at the top of the building that said, here's hope. And uh, for years, I've, I've mentored and coached in different community centers throughout the city, like um, Chosen Generation, the Solomon's Temple. Um, I used to um, um, coach and mentor at this uh, center over there on uh, Dexter and uh, uh, Amherst. Very rough community. And God told me some years ago, I'm going to give you your own. I didn't know how he was going to do it. So I get over to this church, and I'm that guy had just dropped in my life and dropped in my lap. and the, the financer of the church in the building who blessed us with it, he walked me through and we're going through this school that has a lot of, they, they broke into school and they, they tore a lot of things up. It's really dilapidated, but I saw the vision and I said, God, you want me here? And my friend said, no, dude, God gave this to you. 
and it blew me away. So I said, okay, Beacon of Hope Community Center, God. And I knew the, and the Holy Spirit agreed with it, Beacon of Hope, because Beacon means light. And the light of hope is what's missing in, our, in what we call the hood that we're going to restore back to the neighborhood. So phase one, we said we're going to start with our youth because our youth is losing a reverence for God. And the reverence that's in our community that's lost or that, that's being uh, decreased is causing God's presence to leave because where there is no reverence, there is, where there is no presence of God, there's no reverence of God, there's no presence. That's what God showed me. Restore my reverence and you'll restore my presence. So phase one, we wanna, we wanna target our youth because we know that they're our future and we wanna get them back to reverencing God. And when they reverence God, we're gonna implement value and hope. Phase two, phase two, we're talking about family because family is so important. And we're seeing the brokenness of self in families that have been normalized. We're seeing disrespectful, not only disrespectful children, but disrespectful adults. And they're searching for hope. They're searching for value that should have been established in family. And some people say, well, well how are you going to do this? First of all, we're going to target our men because our men are our covering. But our men is the problem as well as self. We have so many men that's running and dodging responsibility as well as accountability and i believe this wholeheartedly itself when men get up men of god get up communities just get better when men of god get up families get better when men of god get get up the revenue in our community it gets better when they become the role model that's just supposed to be so we have our youth and then we have our family so now we need to be able to teach financial literacy that's so important in a cell i got that so late in my life because we feel like i'm working on making good money i can just spend i can do what you call splurge and not invest and learn how to be a blessing how to tie how to give how to save how to be responsible for our credit because that is a, a big deal. So we want to teach financial literacy, financial responsibility. We want to teach what it means to be financially stable and secure and make it a big deal. And we want to teach that to our children so we can leave a lineage and inheritance of financial stability. The last one, you asked me specifically about this and it jumped out at me. You said, what does it mean to be faith-based? Now, could you just elaborate on that question for me? When you look at, you certain, look at certain churches, what what does the faith-based mean to you? Okay, what, what when you look at faith, you got to, just like God gave you the beacon of community, what is faith to you? And how do you implement it in your organization? Faith-based simply to me means sufficiency. Our total dependency is on him. There is no phase one, two, three, and there are, there are going to be manifold phases, you know, in the beacon of hope, and it's going to enlarge, enlarge and extend. But at the end of the day, there are no phases without being 
him being our sufficiency, all that we need. He's our source, our resource, our alpha, our omega. Everything starts and begins with him. And it goes back to reverencing him. And we, when we reverence him wholeheartedly, recognize that he's our sufficiency, because it's there, I found out doing ministry, I said, even in the church, we've lost recognizing that he's our sufficiency. And when, and when that's not, when he's not in place of sufficiency, God gets offended. He gets offended. You know, like, I'm all you need. And when you say faith, faith, I tell people, your faith should sound and look crazy. Your faith should sound and look ridiculous to your finite mind. But if God is your sufficiency and all you need, you keep looking to him, his miracles will be explosive. So faith-based is saying he's our sufficiency. He's all we need. We cannot do phase one. We cannot accomplish phase two, phase three without phase four. Amen. How long? Tell us how long you've been a pastor and what are some of your qualities as a pastor? I've been a pastor for 13 years. Um, my, my greatest quality is I love hard. Um, and sometimes loving hard gets me in trouble to sell because sometimes when you love hard, you believe everyone loves hard. You believe that everyone is as faithful and as loyal as you are. And I've learned um, being hurt, you know, through relationships, um, being persecuted, and that's all part of the cross. Okay, that's part of your cross. You're going to be persecuted. The Bible says that um, those that have given up houses and lands and lost family members for his sake will receive a hundredfold in this life with persecution. So when you elevate, you're going to be persecuted. I love hard, but God told me, stay diligent with the way that you love, meaning don't let anything change you. So me loving and my faith walk. I am one of those that will dare to challenge God. I will dare God and I will launch out. If don't nobody believe, I say I'm going. I'm like that Caleb Joshua spear. Oh, he, he said that. OK, let's go. What I'm going to do, fail. <laughs> and if I do fail, I'm just going to learn from it. Get back up and keep going. So my diligence, I love heart and my faith. Now, as a pastor, name three of your top responsibilities that you cherish. Serving. I love to serve. Jesus told his disciples that he is his greatest. Let him serve. Um, and this is no knock on any pastor or any leader. I don't, I don't put big chairs in my pulpit because the Bible says this. If I'm high and lifted up, he'll draw all men unto him. So I believe that my altar is made for worship. It's made for praise. It's made for exalting and lifting him up. So my responsibility is to serve, number one. Um, and number two is to empower. To empower and then to develop and replicate other disciples through that empowerment. So we serve, we empower, and then we will replicate God's plan in others. We got to recognize we cannot do this for uh, by ourselves and Jesus told us to go do what go disciple go disciple that means empower people to do what you were doing i even like what moses what god told moses to do uh, uh, uh through jethro 
you know, get some, go get some, go get some people. Okay. And, 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 and get, they're going to, they're going to have your spirit and they're going to judge like you judge, you judge the major. They're going to judge the minor. Amen. 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 In closing, expound on how you made it through the pandemic. And when we still in the pandemic, but how did you make it through? What were some of your obstacles? You know, uh, the, the pandemic was very, very, very challenging because we were trying to diagnose something that you couldn't diagnose with your finite mind. You literally had to trust God entirely. And I salute every pastor that continued and didn't waver in their faith during the pandemic SL because it was difficult. The first thing I did was when the pandemic hit this world was I went to my church and I laid on the altar and I laid on the altar for maybe about an hour and a half, just crying out to God, repenting as a corporate body, repenting as a, um, as a, as covenant people, repenting for, uh, repenting for those who had rejected God and rejected his son, Jesus, repenting for those that had offended grace and trampled over the blood of Jesus like it was a common thing. So I spent just, and it was I, I was, I was in my church late. It was dark outside and I just lay and I just cried out and I just worshiped. And God told me when I was laying there that there was some that he was going to take home because they may not make it through this next level of, of uh, judgment, this next level of, um, how I want to say, yielding and submission. Because it said, we're getting ready for Jesus to call us, you know, to, I don't want to say, to catch us up. We're getting ready for the rapture. Amen. And that really, realistically, that was dress rehearsal. The pandemic was dress rehearsal. So how I got through it was just seeking God daily, encouraging, because uh, uh, I lost a couple of my members, you know. And it, and it was just the last couple of months. We, we thought we had made it through and, and they were attacked. But I made it through by just trusting God, even though his ways are not my ways and my thoughts are not his ways, but just trusting God and seeking God and taking him at his word. Amen. I want to say thank you, Pastor Lloyd, for being a part of the Miko One show. I always close with the prayer. So I just want to close out with the prayer. Father God, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just thank you for this mighty man of God. We ask that you continue to bless him, continue to give him vision, provision, Father God, for every season of his life, Father God. Bless his seed. Bless his children, Father God. Bless his wife, Father God. Bless everyone that he touched, Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus. Allow them to be uplifted and encouraged, Father God. We ask these many blessings in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 We want to say thank you for everyone that's tuning in. Please subscribe to our podcast channel, Apple, Pandora, Google, Stitcher, and Spotify. Please subscribe to our website, www.themecoleoneshow.com, www.themecoleoneshow.com. We have a YouTube channel, The Miko One Show. Thank you.